This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're going to talk about some good things. Some good things. And you used the big D word, so something that you teed up as that you would like to talk about. And I love talking about words and the specific meaning of words, because on one end of the spectrum is semantics, where it's only words. And on the other end of the spectrum is, in the beginning, there was the word, and everything is a word. And, you know, one of my favorite talks is let there be whatever. Because <laughs> if you're not going to, if you're not going to say, then you better be happy with whatever it is. <laughs> I got to use that one. That give me something to work with. Let there be whatever. whatever. So your word is discernment. Yes. And by discernment, I mean discerning or defining or telling the difference between A, it is this, or B, it is this. Now, let me give you an example so it will make sense. Let's say someone gives you a gift and you feel uncomfortable with the receiving of the gift. Can't figure out anything wrong with it, not illegal, none of that stuff, but you just feeling kind of, you know, funny about it. So discernment would be trying to determine whether your anxiety that you're feeling is Oh, something in your belief system that says you don't deserve it. You shouldn't da, 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 da. And like the imposter syndrome that I was talking about, that kind of stuff. Is it that or is it spirit, you know, that internal spiritual voice and all of that that talks to you, however it is for you saying, don't touch this. How do you know the difference? How do you discern between those feelings? I'm going to suggest that it goes beyond A and B. It could be a C, D, E, and none of the above, or all of the above, or A and C. You know, because if the response from spirit, and it's like, this is for me, or this is not for me, that's the A or B. And then inside of each of those, I mean, if this is for me, then you know, maybe I need to get my ego out of the way because it's being resistant, or maybe I need to be more open to my good, or maybe I just get to be more joyous in life and have fun with the things that are given to me, whatever fits under A. And if it's B, is this thing going to be harmful to me in my lifestyle? Is this going to make me beholden to the person who's giving it to me? So they're giving it to me with strings attached. Is some story going to come back around about how I'm such a X, Y, or Z because I took it? You know, there could be a whole bunch of reasons that we don't want to accept the gift. 
And so the discernment turns into awareness. As soon as you get past that, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to take it. A, B answer, I think. So, yeah. And as you were saying that, I was seeing a lot of those. I didn't, I didn't do all the bullet points. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so in the situation or the scenario, whatever, so wondering about the belief system stuff that keeps us from accepting. Now you used ego and I want you to explain that in a minute. And maybe you're what I'm talking about is ego, and I just don't know that that's the label that it is. But it's just trying to figure out, is this okay or not okay? You know, I mean, it could be either way. I understand that. But I don't think it's always just either way. You know, all of those sub points <laughs> that you have makes a difference. Tip the scale one way or the other, right? Yeah. So what do you do first? What would one do first? to figure it out because you had some really good points in there. Are there strings attached? Is this going to come back later? Doesn't mean that it's a bad gift, but you're not, you probably wouldn't be interested in what's happening down the road. Mm -hmm. So I guess what the trick is to definitely don't make the decision quickly. Well, you can start making the decision quickly. And there's a story that I get to tell in here. Before we were married, my wife's mother very generously got her a new car. And just here, your old car is needing too much service, so we're going to get you a new car. And wound up with a car that was well beyond what she could afford with the payments due. And mom was supposedly going to make the payments, but that wasn't the sort of thing that was really characteristic. So we wound up after we were married, saddled with this car. So, you know, was that a gift? <laughs> yeah, right. Probably well-intentioned, but yeah. It's always well-intentioned. But what we need to do is, is be aware of the bigger picture of what's going on. And I was talking a little bit about ego, and that's the judgment that we have about ourselves. Either, oh, I'm so important that, of course, I deserve this wonderful thing, or, oh, I'm so worthless that I can't possibly deserve this thing. Those are both sides of our ego. The reason I said you can start answering the question immediately is when somebody offers you a gift, you start by saying, oh, well, that is so generous of you. Thank you. And that's before you even accept it. And, you know, that's just to be who you are in the situation. And you can give cues as to whether or not you're going to be able to keep it or not, or you keep it to yourself. It doesn't matter. And then you let yourself internally, you go within and let the still small voice suggest to you, whether this gift fits with your lifestyle and with your alignment, your spiritual practice, and if it affirms or diminishes your sense of self. And that's just a feeling. And so once you get that feeling, it's like, oh, this is a really cool thing. Then you can be much more in the, I am accepting the good that's coming into my life and allowing that. And if you're starting to get the pushback and the negativity, then you get to dive into that. It's like, okay, now I'm getting a no, and I don't know what the no is about. And by the way, it's not a no, it's a yes to not accepting it. (laughs) I get you. I do. (laughs) And then we get to, and sometimes that's the process that takes a little while because you have to unpack it. You know, it's there, but it might be wrapped up, you know, like you start peeling away the layers of an onion. It's all onion but the middle of it is hidden under a whole lot of little other onion. So (laughs) you get to dig down into that to determine what it really means. 
And sometimes the first thing that it seems like it means is either part of it or is not really it. And you get to continue going down deeper inside of it before you understand where that resonance or congruity or incongruity is between you and whatever is being offered up. And you touched on a rule of thumb that I use for myself in situations. Take your time. If you're pushed to make a quick decision, then don't do it. Now, I don't know if that always works, but it's a pretty good one for me. Yeah. And New Thought does not have what other religions describe as a, making a deal with the devil. But we sure can improvise and get ourselves to act as though we had. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> improvise. I like that. Yeah. 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 Personally, I have on occasion gotten an idea that I'm really passionate and enthusiastic about and put a lot of energy into. And it turns out in hindsight, sometimes much later, that it was a flawed premise to begin with. Now, and there are other things where I have a great idea and I don't do it, I do something different and then it's like circling the drain and eventually, <laughs> or circling the hoop, I guess is better because eventually it scores, but it just takes forever to come into being. I've been on both sides of that. Yeah, circling the drain and circling yeah. the hoop. I guess <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's discernment, right? What is this going to drop into? <laughs> well, you kind of, you know, when I think of discernment, I'm like trying to know so I can avoid, you know, falling into the wherever that drain is. But also I've experienced it passing it up and I should have like, you know, landed it. I should have gone with it. So and I don't I'm struggling with in not that situation that I mentioned, but any situation, which is why I'm looking forward to the class that you're doing. You said it's in December mm -hmm. on belief systems, just things that get in the way of something that is perfectly good and perfectly good for you. How do you know? And maybe is it a question of spending more time in with spirit and meditation so that you're more sensitive to those things? Or to the answer in terms of which way it should go? I don't know. Yeah, you're actually touching on something. It happens a lot during the daily meditations. We do meditations at 8 in the morning and 6 in the afternoon, five days a week, a couple times on the weekends. And in those meditations, which are really short, we spend a couple of minutes breathing and just breathing in the silence together. And there's usually some sort of a structure or framework going into it. But in a lot of cases, what we're doing is when we breathe in, we are opening ourselves up so that we can be filled with some new idea, so that we can be inspired, uh, to use the really obvious metaphor there. And then on the exhale, we are surrendering. We are releasing not just the breath that has served its purpose and is no longer suitable for us, but everything that's not necessary, which includes the judgment. It includes the doubt. It includes everything that used to be good, but has served its purpose and we're ready to move on from. And just repeating that process is hugely helpful because we can invite that infinite mind, that divine intelligence that knows everything to fill us with a new idea, not our new idea of what we judged or discerned, but a new insight into the truth of how the pieces are all fitting together. And that lets us mm. understand our place better. Yeah. 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 And then no matter how so, good the idea is, let it go. Cause there might be another one right behind it. Yeah, that's good. I need to make a flashcard for people for, for that. So you don't remember. Because I guess, you know, in the moment, so many things, if it looks good and, you know, it just looks right, 
and you can't see anything wrong. But then, you know, I'm really big on how I feel intuitively about something. And usually I will say it never misses, but that wouldn't be absolutely correct because I'm also concerned about belief system and how that keeps you from big things that are absolutely for you, but you've told yourself some stuff and then all of that just kind of gets in the way. So there's a lot of complexity in that. I tell you what, we're going to take a break. And when we return, we will discuss the magic of breathing out. You can put practical prayer to work in your life and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. You'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-v-light.com. That's b-v-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're talking about breathing out. And breathe out is just such a wonderful reminder for ourselves. And a lot of times I use it when somebody is in a particularly charged or emotional situation. There's some emergency going on. And they're all gasping. And it's the reminder, just breathe out. And breathing out is wonderful because it's the opposite of that anxiety response or the fight or flight response. And physiologically, an exhale actually stimulates our vagus nerve, which makes us feel physically more relaxed. So in those situations, breathing out can be really helpful. When I'm coaching brides-to-be before we do their wedding ceremony, and this is sometimes going a year before the wedding ceremony, is it? If someone in your family or your bridal party gets to the point where they are making you feel uncomfortable, breathe out. Then call me, but breathe out because we'll do some work together. And the idea is to remember that that calmness is available. And for the brides, it's because it's their wedding. You know, it does not have to be a stressful event, even though there are so many invitations, you know, A, <laughs> a B discernment to make it stressful. Mm-hmm. There are so many different ways and possibilities for it to be stressful. And breathe out is also really helpful when we are making a decision or looking for that guidance. Because when we think we know the answer, we get filled up with our answer. And if I decide, oh, the answer is gonna be teal walls everywhere, then it's gonna be teal walls everywhere until there's room to consider something different. Like, you know, too much teal might not be great. So what we wanna do is take that idea, yes, it's a brilliant inspiration, and I'm gonna breathe out and let go of that. 
And if it turns out that that is a brilliant idea, it'll come back. Mm -hmm. And once I've made the room by breathing out and releasing and surrendering and allowing some space, maybe there's a different idea. There's a different inspiration. There's going to be, oh, well, it's going to be teal and white because the teal is enough to make a real big splash over there. And then the rest of it can offset it. Now there's going to be a different balance. So mm -hmm. there was nothing wrong with the idea. It's just that if I'd stopped there, it would not have yielded the happy result that I could wind up with if I just take the time to breathe out and allow myself to be inspired in some other way. Mm. What I love about that, it supports my own personal thing about not rushing. You know, you take your time. And in this world, everything has to be yesterday. It's like we live in a sense of urgency and it's really not, you know, it's really not urgent. And if you don't take your time, you'll just get into that mode of doing, doing. And then after you get in it and you do all of the things that you talked about in the first segment, <laughs> checking out all that, then you think like, well, now what am I going to do with this mess? So, <laughs> yeah. So if you take your time in the beginning, you know, that spirit and all of those good points that, you know, you teach in those classes, it works. Yeah. Work. When we think about all the stuff that we're rushing through, all the things in life that we're in such a big hurry for, if you take the notion of those being things out of it, and instead we're to think I'm rushing through life, it's like, are we hurrying to get to the end? Yeah. Yeah. Or do we want to take our time and enjoy the stuff that we're doing and have it be meaningful rather than just having it be fast or in large quantity? Yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me. That thought has occurred to me over, I guess, in the last six months, things that I wanted to do right now. But then it's sort of like if this happens, it will take you to the next level or a and that might not have you thought about all of that, you know, just like <laughs> maybe this is getting you closer to something that you're not prepared for right now or that you don't want to happen. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. So in discernment, it's either take your time <laughs> or deal with the crap later. Right? Well, yeah. And so flashing on the thought when I was a little kid, there was a high dive at the lake where we went swimming and I had never jumped off of it and it seemed really appealing, but it seemed really high. And it was scary. So I, every once in a while I would go up onto the, the diving board and then I'd climb back down the ladder and I didn't go. And then eventually I jumped off of that and then eventually it got to be fun. And when I was a young adult, we went to a quarry in New Jersey with some friends and we would jump off the side of the quarry into the, the water in the bottom of the old quarry back when they still let people do that. Now they realize it's too ridiculously dangerous to offer up insurance so that somebody would be able to do that. And as dangerous as it was, I was still doing that and it was fun. And you see the, the, the cliff divers in Acapulco, you know, where they, they're timing their cliff dive so that's going to be while the wave is in, so it's deep enough for them to dive into. And it's one thing to think about, do I want to jump into the water? It's the other thing to think, do I know how to swim? <laughs> and if I do know how to swim, what's going to happen next? Where's the current going? Where's the exit? Once I jump off of this cliff, how am I going to climb back onto solid ground out of that water? Because it looks wonderful and it's spectacular on the way down, but then being at the bottom of a 150 foot chasm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, soaking wet, yeah. suddenly it's a completely different process. So the discernment that you're talking about is really important. Not just 
what do I want to have happen now? But what are the downstream experiences that I would be okay inviting? Yes. Yes. And the downstream experiences not aren't necessarily bad, but it's making an intelligent assessment of it, you know, the possibilities that could unfold if you do this thing. Mm-hmm. I personally believe that, you know, you can make dumb decisions and that's not the end of the world, but you may not want to have to swim so hard back upstream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's good. I like that example that you gave. And the discernment and the understanding and having the pieces fit together and inviting that intuition, you know, standing there on the edge of the cliff ready to jump into the water it would be possible for me to have all those flashbacks for when i was a kid i was afraid to jump off the high dive which was a very controlled environment and really safe and let the fear of reverting to that drive me to do something that in my young adulthood was a really bad idea (laughs) just because i was trying to overcome something that was left over in my psychology from when i was younger so there can be a lot going on There can be a lot going on with our ego saying you have to jump because of what happened when you were eight and you shouldn't jump because of what could happen when you're 23 and, 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 and. Yeah, all of that over one little something. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's always one little something, one after another, maybe not daily or, you know, like back to back, but some important somethings. And while you were talking about that, I was thinking about, you always think meditation is important. Like, you know, I believe that even if you're not well-versed in understanding the nuances of meditation, simple stillness, I think, helps with that. Oh, yeah. You know, when in the morning meditation, which I hope to get back to soon, it wasn't always one, I wasn't coming for something. It was just being there. and. I was often surprised in the beginning, not anymore, but I was often surprised at how what I needed came through. Oh, well, that's the magic of new thought. And it is possible. <laughs> and, it's, but, it's possible that the first time somebody shows up at a new thought community, that like completely bewildered by how was it that the minister was talking about exactly what I needed them to talk about today. That's the same thing with the God calls. When somebody listens to God calls, if they listen to it live or it goes through to voicemail, whenever they listen to it, that's exactly what they needed to hear. And the number of stories I get from people about how uncanny that was. Oh my God, how did you know? It's like, I don't know. And I record them like, <laughs> I record them all this whole week's worth at once. And then they get distributed around along the week by somebody else. I don't even know when they're coming. They're surprised to me too. But that's how spirit works. When the message when we're ripe for the message, the message shows up. And absolutely. And to get back to meditation, prayer is when we talk to the divine. We're, we're connecting with that infinite creative power and inviting it to create something for us. We're talking to God. Meditation is when we're listening to God. And if we're not willing to shut up our own mental chatter and our own activity and our own busyness for five minutes or two minutes or 15 minutes every once in a while, then the best idea in the world is going to get drowned out by the laundry list. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't watch television a lot at all, like the news and the current stuff. You know, I'll tune in maybe once a week or something just to so that I 
I'm a good enough citizen of the United States to know what's going on, but I don't need, you know, a blow by blow. But what I notice is always we're in this sense of right now, urgent, got to do this because everything is falling apart. And look, especially now, since we're in the election season and there's a lot of debating going on and it's like the world, it's in terrible shape. And if you don't do this right now, and one time I felt it like just for a second. And I thought, wait a minute, wait, you don't ever feel this way. <laughs> you, you don't ever feel this way. So why are you listening to somebody telling you this is how you ought to feel? So it wasn't my TV show. It wasn't my television. It was on and I was in the area. I had to listen. But it was important to hold on to who I was. But meditation helps that, you know, just being able to, and I, I don't want to use the word control, but <laughs> you know you know what I mean. Yep. Control yourself, get a grip on yourself. This is not real. The world is not falling apart. And, you know, a little bit of crime over here, not to diminish it, but it doesn't mean that the whole world is coming to an end. True, true. Just two points that you, that you made me think of there. One is when I, I read some of the New Thought books that were written years or decades ago. Spiritual economics, Eric Butterworth is talking about in difficult times, especially like the ones we're having now. That was like 40, 50 years ago. <laughs> we're still having difficult trying times like the times that we're having now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other, one is, the other one is Ralph Waldo Emerson who said in one of his essays that we should get our bloated nothingness out of the way of the divine circuits. Yes. Yes. And that's it. Let's get our bloated nothingness out of the way of the divine circuits and let the infinite do what it does, create something new and captivating and wonderful without our bloated nothingness gumming up the works. Exactly. And I was having a similar conversation recently. I used the word, I said, how about this? This is a word we understand, faith. And let's define the word faith as, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Don't do anything. Don't draw any conclusions. Just hold on because there's God. However you call God, whatever you call it, there is God. So if you just kind of hold on, which is the faith, then whatever God it is you got gets a chance. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, it means you got to wait a second, usually more than a second. But if you, you, you know, you need to give it time. Yeah. Wayne Dyer yeah. said, don't yeah. just do something. Sit there. Yeah. Hard thing to do, right? It is, you especially know, when we think we know what to do. Let's take another break and we'll do a prayer on that divine guidance that turns into discernment and divine action. Get inspiration in an instant. God Calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God Call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. 
God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We've been having an amazing discussion. Talking about discernment and our partnership with the infinite and how we know whether something is going to be good for us or not good for us, or good for us to accept or good for us to walk away from, because it's all good, just maybe not for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nuance of words, but the words are important. So let's do a prayer. Let's do a prayer for divine guidance and discernment and divine right action. And those are three different aspects of the same thing. Divine guidance is allowing ourselves to be influenced or inspired by that infinite mind, that divine intelligence. Discernment is being able to understand when it's the still small voice of the infinite speaking to us and when it's our ego self imitating that voice and trying to convince us to do something that's not going to be very helpful. And the end part of that is divine right action, which is to be able to take those steps which are ours to take. And I put the word right in there because there's just too many ways for the divine to lead us through a swamp to get us to the beach that we were looking for when we could just walk around to the beach. So divine right action is going to be highest and best unfolding for all of us. So we get to turn our attention away from the world around us and open ourselves up to that infinite power and presence, the divine creative power that creates everything. We call it spirit or God or nature or infinite intelligence or George or the Big Bang. It doesn't matter what we call it. It is that one from which everything flows, that one which shares itself as and in and through all of its creation. Everything, everywhere, is that divine presence taking individual and particular form. And that includes me and each one who is listening to this prayer. Each of us is a divine and perfect expression of God's infinite good right here and right now. So I know that all of the good, all of the inspiration, all of the understanding and knowledge and insight that is required of the moment is available. It already exists in the mind of that infinite creative intelligence. It already exists. And as active participants in this manifest universe, creating our next new experience using that same power, I know that that divine intelligence is able to individualize itself as an awareness, as an insight, as an inspiration for each of us. So the good that we're seeking is seeking us now. As we quiet and listen for that still small voice, we are guided into exactly that next perfect step. And there's the discernment for each of us to know exactly that which is ours. What is ours to do? What is ours to experience? What is ours to embody? And what is ours to release? The path is made clear, and we are guided in divine right action, taking each next perfect step, allowing, inviting, and participating in the creation of this next new experience of good. I'm so grateful for the good. I am so grateful for the wonderful way that this is coming about. I am so grateful for this infinite creative power that is creating everything 
that's creating each of us, that is creating these new experiences. I am so grateful for the good. This feeling of thanks. I speak this word and I release it into that creative law, the one that has created everything. And I know that it is now creating this. So I release my word, I let it go, and I know that it's so. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.